bottom line here's the deal we who we are as souls is infinite we have infiniteness to our beingness to our souls and so um, what seth even talks about is the oversoul so in in non-physical we have an oversoul which is larger i mean it's infinite it has no boundaries and so what we do is we shoot out shoot and go into physical reality in different dimensions different times different experiences male female sixth century 17th century um there's a lot of and we think of them it's we've been taught that it's reincarnation but that's linear but according to seth and a lot of the spiritual teachers it's and quantum physics those are all happening simultaneous Simultaneous. a lot of people on my show that have had near-death experiences and when they've had the experience of being on the other side they said they saw all their lives happening simultaneous they were still going on and if you think about it there's no time and spirit so of course it's not linear they're all happening simultaneous our souls having multiple experiences so not only that, this is how bizarre this gets. And Stephen Hawking was talking about um, the multiverse, and David Deutsch talks about parallel universes. So this is. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to be back. I'm back here in Sydney after spending some time in the beautiful Northern Rivers, Northern New South Wales. It's freezing in Sydney. And I've got Pamela Osley all the way over there in the States in summer. Look at her. She's all summery and gorgeous. (laughs) Hey, Pam, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Karen. Somebody's got to do it. You know, it's our turn to have summer. (laughs) I know. So you're sweltering over there and I'm freezing over here. It's actually not too cold, I've got to say, in Sydney, but... uh, it's crazy how we've got these two different experiences on the same planet, isn't it? <laughs> it's beautiful. Now, thanks again for joining. And if you like and um, enjoy our conversations, please remember to subscribe and leave your comments under the comments in YouTube or send me an email if you're listening on an audio platform. So Pamela or Pam is just so fascinating we're going to i'm going to grill her today there's so many things we can talk about i kind of saw i saw you on lisa gar show on gaia tv and i'm like yeah like wow i sort of felt connected to you straight away actually it felt like you were kind of like another version of me on the other side of the world but you're doing different work which is fascinating so we're going to get into it let me just read your bio here Pamela Osley is an author, consultant, radio show host, professional psychic intuitive, and an aura expert. Pam has written four successful books, Life Colors, Love Colors, Infinite You, and Make Your Dreams Come True. She has spoken at TEDx, the International Forum of New Science, Fortune 500 companies, and many seminars for professionals and psychologists, educators in the health field awarded the Holistic Transformational Leader of the Year Award in 2014 by the Global Association of Holistic Psychotherapy and Coaching. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and now I'm tired. <laughs> no, I'm tired. <laughs> that was a lot of work. <laughs> you know what I love about you? I've got more to read here, but 
uh, how you're doing this work, this sort of like woo-woo conscious aura color type work in the mainstream. This is like really cool. Okay, Pam's appeared on many TV shows, including ABC, CBS, NBN, and look, there's a slew of them, Dr. Oz, The View, Ricky Lake, Coast to Coast with George Norrie. At including Gaia TV with Lisa Gar, which is where I discovered you. She's the founder of AuraColors.com, a site designed to help you create success, joy and fulfillment in every area of your life. And she's also developed LoveColors.com, which is a site designed to help you find love and friendships by matching you with people who are compatible aura colors, which is interesting, we'll go into. But you know what I'd like to know, Pam, is how this all started for you. Let, let's take us on your awakening journey. Well, um, you and I both have blue and yellow in our auras, by the way, and blues are all about teaching, counseling, nursing. We always want to help people and yellows are healers, but they've got a sense of humor and spunky. So my whole life, I always felt like I wanted to help people. Well, aside from the side that I wanted to be in rock and roll, which I did do for a while too. Okay. Yeah, I was in the music business. I wasn't a performer, but yeah, so I have a lot of very famous musician friends that's fun and theater friends. Anyway, so I was running a concert facility, rock and roll concert facility, as well as a theater where, you know, big professional actors, you know, the the big guys, you know, TV and movie stars, not just. um, And anyway, I went to hear a well, I, and my background had been in sociology, psychology, helping people, helping kids with learning disabilities. Then I kind of burnt out. So then I got into the rock and roll business, the music entertainment business. Then um, one night I went to hear a psychic speak from England. Um, he was a shaman from, he was British. And I walked into the room and he looked at me and he said, you up here, you're going you're gonna to start giving people readings. And I went, what? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? So basically he threw me in the water and I was surprised to see that I knew things about people in the room that I had no, I never knew. I knew one woman was pregnant. She didn't even know she was pregnant. I saw, Karen, I actually saw the spirit of a little girl standing next to her. So, so this I knew is she, the first time you ever did it. It's, it's <clears> the first like, time just, I ever did it. He just activated you. He just like tuned you in, like activated you. Yeah. He threw me in the water. He yeah. said, you've been asking to go to the new level and this is it. And I went, how'd you know that? <laughs> because I, I've always been spiritual my whole life. And, right. you know, I want to know, I, I like pushing boundaries. I don't like being limited by anything. And so he said, get up here, you know, start telling people what you see about them. And I was actually shocked to see that I knew things about people. I had no idea why I knew it, but I just started talking, telling people and it was right. And then I, I realized, I looked back over my life, Karen, and I went, oh, no wonder I knew that about somebody. Oh, no wonder that happened when I was in high school. Then I started realizing that this ability had been there all along. I just didn't, who knew? I, I went to a Christian college. You know, you don't do stuff like this at a Christian college, right? So I went, oh, this makes sense. So then um, word, passed, word spread around and people started coming to see me, my friends, and then my friends' friends, and talk about me. Tell me what you see about me. So it just grew from there. And then I started doing workshops, and people wanted the inf- Oh, a, a year after I started doing psychic work, I met a woman who could see auras. And she thought everybody could see auras. It wasn't until she was in her 40s that she realized that people wasn't, what they weren't seeing what she was seeing. Mm. So I would bring her to Santa Barbara, where I live, and to do workshops. And 
she started describing things that went uh, that made sense to me psychically because I had been picking up patterns about people psychically, and I went, "Oh, that's a blue. Oh, that's a green. Okay, I get. Oh, I get it because I kept seeing familiar." the same patterns or traits with different people. So within a year of meeting her, I developed the ability to psychically tell what people's aura colors were. And then I started being able to see them myself. So that's kind of how I got into the psychic and then being able to see auras, which I believe, honestly, Karen, I believe we all have that ability. I do too. Intuitive and psychic, but also we've seen and sensed, even if people can't see them, we've all sensed the energy field around people. That's why you can be comfortable with somebody right away and, and be okay standing next to them and other people you don't even want to be in the same room with. You're feeling their energy. Absolutely. So it's, it's a natural ability. We've just learned not to believe in it or not to do it. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I love that you're speaking to mainstream audiences. You know, like I, I really believe that this, you know, Jamie Butler says it's not woo-woo, it's true-true. This stuff that we call woo-woo has to become the mainstream conversation, is the mainstream conversation. It's, it's mm-hmm. like stop putting it in the woo-woo box and let's like get real and let's, you know, start being aware of what we're doing because I think we're all doing it. The most shocking thing for me was when I did a course to activate my intuitive abilities that what I realized was that I had been doing it all my life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, and I don't think I'm alone. You know, I really don't. And uh, I love that you develop the ability to see auras. So to see the color in the aura, I think that we can all see an aura. We just have to blur our vision. We can see the white around anything, mm-hmm. really. Uh, mm-hmm. But that ability, when you say see, do you see it with your third eye or do you see it with your outside eyes or your physical eyes? All of the above now. When um mostly because I can do this on the phone and over the radio and on TV. So I can tune into someone and see it with my inner eye when, um, and, and I can see it around people. When I first started, I wasn't seeing it around people. And then I first developed the ability to see just what you said, the white light, Mm -hmm. especially around someone's head. There's a white glow, especially around the head. And then after really learning what the different personalities were over time, I developed the ability to actually see with my physical eye as well as the inner eye, the aura. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of fun. That's and by so the cool. way, there's certain colors that are more adept there. I see 14 different aura colors and the personalities that go with it. Yeah. And blues, which you have, and violet, which you've got some in your outer band. Blues, violets, and indigos are the three most psychic, naturally psychic of the aura colors. Yellows are more kinesthetic, so they feel it in their bodies, which is what makes them great healers and energy workers because they can feel it that way. Um, and reds and, and oranges in the physical family, they, they don't really believe in this stuff, so they don't open up to it. And tans and greens tend to be more logical and in their heads and practical, so they analyze data a lot. So it's a little more challenging them for them to actually get to, to be able to be open and, and intuitive. But anyone's capable of doing it. They just struggle with it more. Yeah. It was interesting, the tans, you know, um, the tan colors. That was just really interesting because you can go to your website and you can find out what your aura is by answering the question is. And I did that on your website. And the two most prominent colors that came up for me were the violet mm-hmm. and the blue and the blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I did relate to it, but I also wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, the colors cause I can relate to all of them. Is there any such thing? I know you've got the crystal color, which mm-hmm. is like the clear aura mm-hmm. years ago when I was doing that healing course to activate and develop my psychic abilities, 
we did this um, we did this experiment where we had an inner circle and an outer circle and we had to face each other. I can't actually, it was so many years ago, it was like 20 years ago. We had to look at them and just tell them what we saw. And I remember I stood before this Indian man and I said, I'm seeing a young woman. I'm seeing a blonde young woman. I'm I think I'm looking at myself. I'm sort of looking at this Indian man. I'm like, I think I'm looking at me. And he just put this big grin on his face. And I said, why are you smiling? And he said, I had this intention to be like the mirror. And that was like the crystal. Do you know what I mean? And I said, yeah, it's funny. I'm looking at you, but I'm seeing me. Do you want to talk about the crystal? Because that's a fascinating well, Crystal, a lot of yellows especially, and you do have some yellow in your aura, by the way. Yellows are funny and spunky and rebellious, and they've got a sense of humor, and they're pleasers, but they don't like being told what to do, and they've got creative ideas, and they're writers and artists and, or healers, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so a lot of crystals or a lot of yellows test as crystals, but crystals are actually a, a very rare color. They, these people literally have a clear aura and they're like auric chameleons. Yeah. So if they stay centered and, and because each of the aura colors has a positive side to them or what I call in power and then a negative side to them, which I tend to call out of power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of, so they're off balance. So when a crystal's in power, their aura is actually clear and they're natural healers and they channel healing energy from the universe or source right through their bodies to heal people but they're very fragile. They, can, they can't be around a lot of people. And so a lot of yellows go, I can't be a lot. You know, they're sensitive, but they're not the same as a crystal. Crystals have a hard time being with crowds because, uh, and so when they work on someone, they can only work on somebody one, maybe one person a day, then they've got to go meditate, be quiet, be alone. They need a lot of serenity, a lot of quiet time. I can hear some of the violets out there going, I need a lot of quiet time. I go, yeah, violets need to meditate and have quiet time. So do yellows. But crystals, when they're out of power, they tend to be auric chameleons. They don't exactly know who they are. They get a little bit lost. So whoever they're hanging out with, they absorb the same color as that person. So if they're hanging out with a green, their aura starts turning green and they start acting like a green. And greens are the type A personalities. In my system. This is what I see. I do explain to people that different people see and experience the aura differently. I've met people that see the same thing I do, and I've met some healers that experience it differently. It doesn't mean that someone's wrong, someone's right. It just means we're having a different experience, just like we taste food differently. I use that example a lot because there's people out there that like Brussels sprouts and they are not tasting what I'm tasting. Um, so <laughs> even if somebody sees a different color with crystals, And then if they start hanging out with the yellow, they start acting like a yellow and their aura turns yellow. If they're hanging out with the blue, their aura starts turning blue. So they're like chameleons, Mm -hmm. right? They change with their environment or who they're around. Um, But that can actually, the downside of crystals is because they are so lost and they absorb other people's auras, they can drain the other person that they're with. The person feels weaker or they don't have any energy. That's the downside of a crystal. What's the positive side of a crystal? The upside of crystals is they're healers. Mm. They're very spiritual. They meditate. They send, they, they heal people just with their, they transfer universal energy or healing energy to the person. So then they can actually help a person feel better or healthier, or heal just by being around them. Mm-hmm. But when they're out of power, the downside is they actually can, I, I don't like to use the word psychic vampire, but energy vampire, but they can literally 
siphon the energy off of another person, not meaning to, I mean, all the colors have good qualities and crystals are nice people. They're just, they tend to be loners. They tend to be, need sanctuary a lot. They tend to isolate. They're too fragile usually to be out in the world. And the only time I've seen crystals in careers, they've either been working as a librarian or in a very sterile doctor's office, or I've seen them even in research laboratories where they're very quiet and it's very clean. They, they typically need very clean, sterile environments or you know, peaceful environments where they're in nature, but it's still clean. It's not dirty with a lot of bugs. They can't handle that. They are very unusual souls. So here's the deal, Karen. I may have seen more crystals because I do a lot of workshops and huge groups and even speaking in front of large science groups. Yeah. Um, they, there may have been crystals in the groups, but I didn't know that because they're sitting next to someone that they've you know, absorbed blue in their eyes. So I think they're a blue. You know, right. It's hard to tell what their real color is if their aura turns a different color. <laughs> So there may be more than I've, than I've seen, but in my experience, crystals tend to be very rare, just like lavenders are rare. So for those people listening that feel they might be like a crystal, what would be some guidance for them to help them be more empowered, to feel more okay in this world? Well, first of all, um, meditation and connecting with source is mm-hmm. very important for crystals. They've got to connect with something greater than them so they feel safe here so they feel like it's okay to be on the planet because a lot of crystals don't feel at home here yeah do you, uh, I can hear do you so think, many of your listeners yeah i can hear that too right and do you think that that includes a lot of the like what they've deemed crystal children that are coming in it can, it can. And indigo children are very psychic. Crystals tend to be the healers. Indigos tend to be more psychic, um, a little bit more unusual. But um, crystals need to definitely connect with source. They need quiet. They need serenity. They need a harmonious, peaceful, quiet environment so that they don't get blown out and scattered. Um, and in order to fulfill their life purpose here, they need to find some way to be able to help others, animals, the environment, people heal, because they are healers. Um, and so even if they get a job as a librarian, because a lot of crystals don't know they're crystals, <clears throat> they think they're supposed to fit in with society. So even if they do, um, if they're in power, if they're balanced, just being around them, you can feel calmer or more at peace or, you know, that all is well with the world. So crystals need to feel safe here. They need mm-hmm. to feel that they need to realize who they really are. And not because a lot of crystals and other colors, yellows and violets sometimes can be the same, but crystals are like, really, why am I on this planet? I don't feel like I belong here. I feel like I'm from another planet or another realm. Usually they feel like they're from an, another realm, not necessarily a planet, Mm-hmm. but another realm like more angelic or more spiritual. They're very sensitive beings. Mm-hmm. They can also be very intelligent, very smart. I see them a lot like reading books a lot in Quiet Sanctuary, but they can be very smart, but they're also very sensitive. Mm. So you've said, uh, I heard you say on Lisa's show that, you know, we kind of embody all the colors, but then the ones that you see or the ones that you're reading are the colors that are closest to our physical body, like the dominant colors. That's they're the colors that when you do your little questionnaire thing, they're the kind of two colors that will come out as the dominant colors. But we've got the other colors in our field, right? 
Some people have all the other colors in their field, especially if they're healers or life coaches, people, therapists, working with, you know, helpers, teachers, things like that. But um, what I do describe, so let me explain to people what I see. I see lots of different bands out from people, the layers. The one or two colors typically that are closest to the body are what I call the life colors. Mm-hmm. And those are the colors that you that are in your aura that reveal who you are, the theme you've chosen for this lifetime, your personality type, careers that are going to be fulfilling, um, relationship, what, way that you, uh, what you need in a relationship and how you are in relationship, potential health issues, because each of the colors have weak spots with their health and different ways that they can stay healthy and balanced. It shows how they are with money, how they perceive money. So everything is revealed in those colors. And Karen, the way I like to describe it is before we came here, we had a mission. We had an idea of what kind of life we wanted to have here, whether we wanted it to be fun and adventurous or we wanted to be rational and grounded or, you know, physical or very spiritual. We had an idea. We had a plan. We had yeah. a theme of what we wanted to experience in this lifetime. Mm. But what happens is we get here often and totally forget because (laughs) we've got adults that are telling us how we should be. Society's telling us how we should be. You need to fit in. We get re-educated and we sometimes forget. So the way I see it is we've left breadcrumbs behind. We've left signs. It shows up in our aura colors, our astrology sign, numerology, iridology, palmistry. It shows up. We've left clues behind so that we can read it. Oh yeah, that's who I am. That's right. That resonates with me. Now I remember who I am to give us hints on, you know, what to do with our lives. So the aura is just one of them. It doesn't now here's the deal, especially us yellows. We yellows don't like being told what to do. So I never limit anyone. This is not to put somebody in a box. This is to help validate who we are so that it resonates and goes, oh, that's why I felt this way my whole life. That's why I feel like you do have violet in your arm. Violets have always felt like they're here to do something bigger, to help the masses, to teach them, to shift the consciousness, to improve the quality of life for people, to help them remember who they are, whatever. So ever since we were young, we had this feeling of who we were. And so it's to help validate that and give us permission to be who we really are. Because so many people have been told they're not supposed to be who they feel that they are. Right. And it also helps us with relationships. It helps us understand each other so we don't go through life going, why can't you be more like me? What's wrong with you? You should be thinking more like me or acting more like me. It's like, oh, you're a lavender. Oh, you're an indigo. Or you're an orange. Okay, I get it. Now I understand who you are. And then we give each other permission to be who we really are. And then we can speak each other's language. Yeah. That's how I felt when I studied astrology years ago. I remember telling a girlfriend exactly the same thing. And she says, oh, so it gives permission for people to be assholes. That's what she said to me. (laughs) Hilarious. And I go, I guess so. But I mean, so how does it dovetail with like astrology, numerology? You know, there was a time, well, when, when I was young, maybe it's still happening, where everyone just wanted to know about themselves. They were doing the Enneagram or astrology or numerology. Or, mm-hmm. um, how does it dub, the aura colors dovetail with all those other sciences, I suppose? It does. It should fit. It should, it should still describe you. There's just right. different modalities, different ways of explaining it, but it should still fit. It should still match who you are. When you hear the information, you should go, oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. 
they're just different. And some people relate to the aura colors and some people relate to, you know, numerology and some people get more out of astrology. They're just different tools to help us remember who we are and then live that life purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And, and I also, it's like um, with astrology, I still believe it's all free will. Like people are not, yeah. you know, to me, astrology reflects back what we've chosen. It doesn't run our lives. Just like your aura colors don't run your life. They reflect back to you what you are choosing in your life, who you're choosing to be in this lifetime. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head because that was the question that I was about to ask, but you've, really, you've read my mind, Pam. You've read my mind. <laughs> Good. I must be psychic. <laughs> you must be psychic. You know, I have to tell you something funny. I started this show like about nine years ago with a girlfriend of mine. Who's, who's a professional psychic? Her name's Pam. <laughs> Pamela. Ah, yay! Synchronicity. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And the two of us started the show. Like we would do readings on the phone. Like I would do my deliberate creation reading. I'd sort of talk to people how to create the reality. She'd talk about what was in their reality, like in their future. You know, she was more of a mainstream psychic. And then she she found it boring. So then I said, well, you have to become a teacher. And now she's a teacher and she's amazing at it. Um, okay. So what was I going to ask you? Um, <laughs> what was I going to ask you before I told you about Pam? Power of consciousness, the ability to see auras, like what, how, what did you do to shift your psychic ability from knowing about the person to actually seeing the color? Like what was that shift? Well, this is with any of these expanded abilities, any of them. It's the same, it's the same process. Number one, you have to be willing to do it because mm-hmm. some people are afraid, oh, I don't want to see bad things or, you know, maybe it's bad or I get judged or people think I'm crazy. So not necessarily in these order, but you have to be willing. You can't have fear to do it. Number two, and it might be in reverse order, you have to believe it's possible. You have to believe this is real and it's possible um, that you're capable of doing it too. Because if you go, oh, I believe it's possible, but I can't do it. I can't do it. Then you're going to block it. So the willingness to do it, the belief that you're capable of doing it. And then it's just allowing, allowing it, not fighting it, not resisting it, not being afraid, not resisting it, not just practice. And so one of the steps is practicing it. So if, for example, seeing auras. I, I I have all kinds of stuff showing people how they can do this. But one of the ways, for example, is for me, it's easier to see people in front of a white background mm-hmm. because it's just, it's easier. Some people like a dark background. They can see the light better that way. But for me, so putting somebody in front of a white background. And then what I tell people to do is look with soft eyes. Like don't try to see it. When you try too hard, even with psychic abilities or parallel universes or remote viewing, all of that, if you try too hard, that shows me that you have a fear that you can't do it and there's a struggle energy and that's just going to block it. So you just relax. When I say look at somebody with soft eyes, it's almost like, you know, you found yourself staring sometimes or daydreaming. Your eyes just kind of go out of focus a little bit. So what I tell people is rather than try to see the aura, just kind of gently either look past them, like just past over their head or look at their forehead with soft eyes or look at their nose with soft eyes. And then typically what happens is a white glow. You'll see the white glow first. At least that's been my experience. Most people see the white first. Mm. And then what you got to do, one of the things in learning how to do this is trust. Mm. Trust what you see. Yeah. Really trust. 
and and then also acknowledge because people go, I see it, I see it. And then you got to acknowledge that you really did that because some people start then questioning, God, did I really do that? Was that in my imagination? Did I just make that up? Was it just a trick of my eyes? It's like, trust it, practice, trust and then acknowledge when you do it. Give yourself credit for it. Because none of us like learning something and then have somebody go, oh, that was stupid. You didn't really do that. I, I can't believe that, blah, blah, blah. Who's going to want to learn it that way? So mm-hmm. to acknowledge, give yourself some credit that you did it. But so I would say, things. yeah, you're absolutely, I, I would say that anyone that is, you know, has found <clears throat> themselves to this conversation, whether they're what, whatever platform they're listening to it on, it's because you can do it, right? There's no way that you're watching this and that you can't do it so you said tell yourself you can like of course you can you wouldn't have been attracted to this conversation if you couldn't <laughs> I think everyone can but some people have more blocks to it than others so not everyone's listening to this conversation yes well violets are the first ones violets come from the third eye so they typically have the easier time seeing it violets come from inner eyes so they typically can see things like they can see flashes of light off the side and they're the first ones to be able to see people on the other side they have an inner vision they mm-hmm. come from the third eye blues get things emotionally they can feel it emotionally they can tune into someone and feel their emotions how they're feeling yellows are more kinesthetic so if you have a yellow aura, I encourage people to like, just stand you know, away from somebody with your hands and then slowly walk towards them until you can feel the energy. Or sometimes it's close, you can feel heat. They go, well, I can feel the heat coming off the body. And I go, well, that's energy. <laughs> that's still, it's still their aura. It's still the energy. So they can practice it kinesthetically. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I was going to say to you before you hit, you hit this, like it's the tools that we come to play with. It's not who we really are, like the astrology, the aura colors, the numerology, the whatever, enneagrams, you know, there's so many different. And um, we can transcend all of it by being more connected to our higher self, right? That's what you were getting at before. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So these, yep. these personality traits, if you like, are are tools we're playing with, are toys we're playing with as we lead these physical lives. They're not really who we are. They're who we're, who we're being while we're here because we're, That's we're, right. so, we're so much more than our personality. You know, we're multidimensional. Okay, I want to get into consciousness because you're a gal who just loves consciousness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the power yeah. of consciousness. Uh, you learned about quantum physics and parallel uh, universes from the sex book. Do you want to, yes. I love the set books, one of the first books I read. In fact, I, I read Shirley MacLaine's book and she says in that book uh-huh. that she walks into a bookshop and a book falls off and hits her on the head or something. It was a book with her. And I remember thinking, oh, gee, that would happen to me. And then years later, or I don't know how long later, a year or so, the Seth, I'm babysitting and a Seth book jumps off the shelf of the place I'm babysitting on the other side of the room, like it jumps off the shelf. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Seth speaks. So loved Seth. What did you learn from, you know, like what have you learned about parallel universes? Well, first of all, this I think is an interesting synchronicity. My roommate years ago, one of my closest, closest friends, she and I found the Seth books together. So we talked about them all the time. She is now the publisher of all the Seth books. Oh, she cool. got the rights from Robert Bucks to keep those books alive. Oh, yeah. So Amber Allen is her. So she's, she's got Deepak Chopra as one of her authors. So it's like, so anyway, so it's fun that Janet is the publisher of those books now. Oh, anyway, so, so what's the publishing company? Um, Amber Allen. Amber publishing. Allen. Okay. 
Uh-huh. Janet Mills. She also did the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success with Deepak Chopra. She's also got the Four Agreements with Don Miguel Ruiz. So she yeah. went after it. She learned from Seth about from Seth how you manifest your own reality and visualization and all that stuff. And she went for it. And boy, she did it. She accomplished it. So um, everything. I I, I want to say that my biggest teachers were Seth, Christ, and maybe Yoda. Okay, <laughs> so, and Yoda. But, yeah, well, it's basically the force. Use the force, you know? <laughs> so it. some of the things that I learned from Seth, I know how to be psychic because of Seth talking about expanded consciousness and who we are as souls and that we have no boundaries and that it's all created by consciousness. And so one of the fun things that I got to learn, one of the things in there is about parallel universes, mm-hmm. which is, is can be a very confusing concept for a lot of people. I'm assuming the people that listen to your show, watch your show, have already got advanced consciousness going on and they consider some, no boundaries. Some have and some haven't. Some are like I get emails from people who are really just waking up and some that have like uh-huh. done it all. So yeah, it's interesting who yeah. watches. But, yeah. but I think that they're up for it if they're watching. They're up for it. Right. Yeah. Well, so what parallel, so bottom line, here's the deal. We, who we are as souls is infinite. We have infiniteness to our beingness, to our souls. And so um, what Seth even talks about is the oversoul. So in, in non-physical, we have an oversoul, which is larger. I mean, it's infinite. It has no boundaries. And so what we do is we shoot out shoot and go into physical reality in different dimensions, different times, different experiences, male, female, 6th century, 17th century. Um, there's a lot of, and we think of them, it's, we've been taught that it's reincarnation, that that's linear. But according to Seth and a lot of the spiritual teachers, it's, and quantum physics, those are all happening simultaneous. Simultaneous. A lot of people on my show that have had near-death experiences, and when they've had the experience of being on the other side, they said they saw all their lives happening simultaneous. They were still going on. And if you think about it, there's no time in spirit. So, of course, it's not linear. They're all happening simultaneous. Our souls having multiple experiences. So... Not only that, this is how bizarre this gets. And Stephen Hawking was talking about um, the multiverse and David Deutsch talks about parallel universes. So this is how strange this gets, but we've been doing this in the movies. We've been doing this in movies forever. It's like some part of you could be walking down the street headed for a meeting with someone and you walk by a coffee shop and something go oh i'd really like to go in there and get a cup of coffee oh i don't have time to do that so you move you go on and you have the meeting an actual you split off another aspect of you split off and went into that coffee shop and bought coffee and then proceeded on with the meeting that you is having a completely different life it might be very similar but it's having a life it's split off and is having a life of its own. So there's a you that married somebody that you knew from high school. There's a you that never got married at all. There's another you that's uh, married to something completely different or having a different relationship or is single. But everything, every choice that you've ever made, and this is quantum physics, mm-hmm. every time you chose a path to the right instead of a path to the left, you split off and your soul is living both of those lives simultaneously. Um, we've seen it in, they had Back to the Future, Sliding Doors, Somewhere in Time. They're all about parallel universes. And we can use those. And even, I don't know if you've seen the movie Yesterday yet, but the guy that, 
Yeah. I oh my gosh, I love that. That's a parallel universe. Yeah, yeah. Where the Beatles. He's in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the universe where he's the only one that remembers who the Beatles are. Nobody, the Beatles don't exist in that universe yeah, yeah, or yeah. don't exist in the way that we notice. Like, that's another parallel universe example. Now, what I realize, Karen, is that every time we've discovered something in physics, like aerodynamics, we didn't think that we could fly, right? Until they realized aerodynamics was a real principle. And now we fly. We, you know, take planes, you know, you flew to, you flew to another country, right? Um, we think nothing of it. Um, and so I went, okay, if we've discovered the principle of parallel universes, there must be some way we can use those to increase our freedom. So that's what I do. As a matter of fact, we do it all the time anyway, Karen. Every time you make a different choice, you go into a parallel universe. We just think there's only one and they're, they're seamless. It's not like there's walls that we walk through. So you think that you're still in the same universe that you just were, but it was a completely different universe. Um, you just believe in one, so you're just following one. But you can connect with those other yous. And Seth talks about that, you know, right? You still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Have I frozen again? Um, can you see me? Yeah, you, you've been frozen for a while now, but that's okay. okay. I know it's cold where you are. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you can contact those other yous and get insights, get advice. You can shift your reality by, instead of having to work hard to overcome the one you're in, you can actually just drop it and connect with another you and another universe that's in this life time having a completely different experience and that will become your reality it's like changing channels on the tv or changing channels on the radio station and that's how i explain this to people um to people Karen, to make it a little bit more understandable yeah um imagine right now in the room you're in there's at least 10 radio shows broadcasting all around you you're not aware of them. The radio waves are all around you, but you're not aware of it because you're not tuned into those frequencies. But if you went to your radio tuner and you'd put it on 99.9, you're going to hear the music or the talk or the program, and that becomes your reality because you've tuned into that frequency. Now, if you change the channel over to 101.7, now that channel becomes your reality. That's the music you're going to hear. Those are the people you're, you're hearing talk, and that's part of your reality now. Now, 99.9 those airwaves are around you still but they're not part of your reality because you're not tuned into that frequency mm -hmm. that's how we change into different parallel universes we change our frequency and the way you do that is you use your imagination you change your thoughts and beliefs you use your emotions to believe that that one is more real and that becomes you start then you align with that reality it's a frequency we live in an energetic universe you know that right it's all yeah. energy everything's energy waves of energy and information and consciousness so that's how we change parallel universes yeah so um i heard you know garnet one of the people i've had on the show he is taken by his spirit guide albert out in his astral body and flies him around the universe and shows him all this stuff one of the things in his last book was he went to a parallel universe where a few things had sh was different. It was in America. He landed in New York and um, Trump was not president. Hillary Clinton was <laughs> president. <laughs> mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the slave trade didn't happen. So instead of there being 13% of blacks in the US, there was like a, a very small percentage. He was in Harlem and everyone was white. And it was really interesting to read him visiting this parallel universes. But it, it sounds like 
there is these infinite amount of parallel universes if every decision mm -hmm. becomes another reality um there's been somebody else has explained if that if that decision doesn't have enough energy it sort of drops away it doesn't kind of become a full-on life it's where the energy is given anyway i find all this really confusing i read it in the seth books a million years ago where he said every choice that you ever make becomes a reality at that point i threw yeah. the book on the other side of the you know i just said i can't I don't know. <laughs> you know but that like fits with that you're an infinite soul you're an infinite soul so if you're infinite of course you've got an infinite um array of possibilities of possibilities. lives right. so, I don't see them, my experience hasn't been that they fade away, it's just that you don't focus on them so it appears to fade away, but they still exist. It's just you're not focused on it, just like that, that radio channel 99.9, .9, it still exists, it's just not part of your reality anymore, so it might look like it disappeared, but it didn't really. And that's more okay. Seth. That's so Seth. that's Seth, bless you Seth. Uh, tell the story, tell our listeners the story of your you know, parallel reality with the boyfriend who then... That's a relationship. A relationship. <laughs> because... Well, that's an, that is a perfect example mm. how you can use these. Now, some people... All right, so this is what happened. Did I cut you off? Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Please go to tell, okay, tell that story. Yeah. This is the truth about what happened. So years and years ago, I fell in love with this guy, musician, just, oh my gosh, as soon as I saw him, everything else faded to nothing. And I went, oh, that's my soulmate. That's who I'm supposed to be with. I knew I was supposed to be with him. He wanted nothing to do with me. First of all, I was blonde. He likes dark haired girls. No, 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 not interested. I was heartbroken. And not only did he say, I don't want everything to do with you. I'm not in love with you. I never will be, you know, go away. He moved from the West Coast of America, California. He moved to the East Coast and joined a band there. He moved away. And I was like, oh my gosh, how could I be in love with this guy? And it didn't work out. I just didn't understand. So then within two, two years later, I started learning about parallel universes. And I went, now, wait a second. If this is the case, if, if there really are parallel universes, I should be able to use these. So I noticed we're going to call it universe one. That's the one I was in where he wasn't in love with me, didn't want it. He moved away. I went, okay, I'm going to go into a different universe. I noticed in that one, Karen, that I had so low self-worth. I didn't feel lovable. I didn't feel attractive. I had the belief that he didn't think that I was good enough for him. In universe one, my beliefs were aligned with that result. Right. So I decided to change my beliefs and my perception about reality and believed that there was a universe where he actually, we were in love with each other and we were a couple and it all worked out. So I did this visual experience. I did a meditation um, where I went into universe number two and I looked around and I went, no, he's still on the East coast and I would feel guilty dragging him back here. I don't, I still don't feel in universe two that he loves me. So I went into universe three. I, I did this visualization where I opened up a membrane. saw myself parting this membrane and moving into another one and I could see the environment. Everything was very real, but in universe three, I went, no, it's not here either. I'd still feel guilty. This isn't it. I'm going to call it universe five. I got to universe five and Karen, I'm telling you, I saw it. Everything felt very real. I could smell the grass. I could feel the sun on my body. It was very real as just as if I'm talking to you right now, it was very real. And in that universe, I felt lovable 
I felt like I had high self-worth and self-esteem. And I felt like he actually, I could feel him actually loving me. In that universe, I watched, I experienced him. I didn't create this. I watched him. Well, in some level, I created it. In my vision, I saw him giving notice to the band he was with. Um, breaking up with whatever girl he was seeing at the time, because you know musicians, they, you know. <laughs> anyway, leaving that, t- I'm going to Iowa to see his meditating friends, going to Los Angeles to see his rock and roll friends, and coming back to Santa Barbara, wh- where we were going to be together because he missed me, and of course he loved me. He was going to be with me. So it had been two years now since he'd moved away. Remember, and I had no contact with him in those two years. Right. So in that universe. It felt so real, and I knew that was a truth in that universe. And so in that universe, I called him. Now, this was not stalking. Some people went, oh, my gosh, you stalked the poor guy. And I go, no, I wasn't stalking him. Of course, he loved me. So uh, this was like natural for me to call him up. And it was like, hey, how you doing? He goes, oh, everything's good here except for I just gave two weeks ago. On, this was two weeks from the time I did this meditation. Two weeks later, I called him up, tracked him down, called him up. And he said, well, two weeks ago, I gave notice to the band. I was seeing this girl, but that's not working out. We know we're not right for each other, so we're not seeing each other anymore. I'm going to go to Iowa. I'm going to go to L.A., and I'm coming back to Santa Barbara. So we have been together now 36 years. <laughs> okay. As, now, here's the weird thing. So it's like, well, people go, well, maybe he really loved you, and he didn't know it. And I go, no, no, no. I was literally in a different realm, a different reality. So watch this. In universe one, all my girlfriends were single and complaining about it. They wanted to be married. Some of them wanted to have children. There's no good guys. There's nobody. I haven't met anyone in universe one. Now, two weeks later, when I made the phone call and found out this guy was actually coming back, which I have to say, Karen, it kind of freaked me out. I went, oh my gosh, it worked. Oh my gosh, this is real. It happened. So I got a little scared for a while. But in that new universe... All my girlfriends were suddenly in relationship. They were engaged. They were getting married. Some of them had already started planning that they were having children. Like that quickly, I was in a different universe where I felt that love was real. It wasn't hard. And I swear to you, this was 36 years ago. I wanted to go up to every single one of my girlfriends and go, I got to tell you something. I was just in another universe. And in that one, you were single and you were miserable. And in this one, you're in love and you're engaged and you're getting married. But of course, back then I went, people are going to think I'm crazy. I cut my mouth shut. It didn't just change me, my entire environment, everyone in it. They were still in it, but they were different. They were in a different reality. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And so it can be used. Now, I don't want people thinking, okay, if I just visualize this guy that I'm in love with, I can, I can be with him. And I go, you guys, if you feel like you have to change him, I didn't feel like I had to change this guy. I needed to change me and align in a universe where we were in love. So it wasn't about overcoming, changing, manipulating, coercing, begging. I didn't do any of that. And I literally stepped out of that universe and it was no longer the real one to me. I knew it still existed, but it wasn't the universe I was in anymore. I just stepped out of it and stepped into a new one where I was different. My emotions were different. The, the circumstances were different. I aligned with that one. And it be like changing a channel on a TV. Okay. You don't have to overcome something in that program. You just change to a different channel. As I'm thinking about this, 
I'm thinking we do this all the time when we change the way we think about ourselves. So That's exactly as someone who is aging, you know, when you, you look in the mirror and you don't look like what you used to look like a few years ago, and then you make a decision about who you are, be it good or bad, like, oh, I'm old and I'm fat or I'm getting older and what does old mean? It's like we're making decisions about who we are all the time. That's right. All the time. So each decision we make creates a new reality, a new That's it. reality, life. That's reality. it. Yeah. That's what Seth says. You create your own reality and it's based on what you believe about yourself yeah. and what you believe about the nature of reality. Yeah. We believe in aging. We believe in illness. We believe in yeah. all kinds of stuff that is... And we gather, once we have a belief, we gather evidence to support that belief is true. Yeah. And if you start, if you shift your belief and start gathering evidence to see that belief, that that reality is true, your reality does change. Yeah. It really does change. It does. It does. So I'm thinking, you know, listening to your story about shifting realities, what about accepting what is and being happy with what is, even though it's not what you want. So this is what happened to me. I, 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 I was living in a house that was a friend of mine's, uh, you know, a few years back. And um, I, I used to peruse houses because houses are something that is like a passion. I've never owned my own house, but it's always been a dream. That's a long story. I'm not going to go into it. But I saw this house <laughs> online that was beautiful. And I thought like dreamed oh wouldn't it be great to live in a house like that oh swimming pool views you know great 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 just fantasized about it anyway a while later the house came up for rent and it was like three levels two levels was one house and then a, a separate flat underneath and uh, we went to um we went to rent and we went to have a look at it and uh we didn't get it but i met the owner at the house and we couldn't afford it anyway and we didn't get it and i met the owner at the house and we had a bit of a laugh. And even though I was so disappointed, I just came to this like, well, that's how it's supposed to be. And you know what? And I was trying to accentuate the positive. I really liked meeting the owner. I'm just going to ring her up and say, it was just such a pleasure to meet you. You know, just, just be nice. So I rang her up and said that. And she said, you know what? The person that rented the house has fallen through. <laughs> And I've decided mm -hmm. to rent it out as two separate houses. So it's going to be cheaper because there'll be someone living underneath and then, you know, the top two stories. And we were a little family. And so it just like what I wanted happened, not because I mm -hmm. shifted realities, but just because I accepted what is with grace and love and gratitude and appreciation. And then we mm -hmm. got the house. It was just, well, it was interesting. That is a way of shifting realities though. Here's the difference. There's a difference between giving up and not resisting. Right. I've got tons of stories like that. Tons of stories of getting to Hawaii that way and having free places to stay and free trips. You know, having a, having a thought of, it'd be fun to go to Brazil someday. Oh, well, I don't know if I'll ever get to Brazil, but that would be fun. I kind of imagined it. Uh, like one or two weeks later, my cousin called up and said, hey, somebody just gave me two first class tickets to go to Rio. Do you want to go with me? Uh, okay. <laughs> it was, I, I did create it by imagining it, by feeling it, but I, there wasn't resistance. So sometimes we don't create because we've got a, a, fault, a, a belief that says that's not possible or I can't afford it or I don't deserve it. Or, and so we're still creating all the time. We're creating and then perceiving. We're creating and then perceiving. Where we get in our way is when we resist our creation with, with um, opposite beliefs. So 
you created it anyway. You can call it creating in this lifetime, in this parallel universe. You can create it in another parallel universe. It kind of doesn't matter. It's all one universe anyway. But yeah. you did create a different experience with your thoughts and not resisting. Not, not resisting. resisting. Allowing your frequency to go to happiness anyway or contentment. Exactly. And that's why they said our gratitude. You can create more easily with gratitude because your energy is lifted up so there's not the dense resistance. But there's sort of like a fine line between wanting to change something and loving it anyway. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that that's a sort of bit of a juxtaposition there because people listening to this are like, okay, so what am I doing? Am I changing realities because I want something different or am I loving what is? Because there's sort of, there seems to be two schools of thought out there. Lots of people saying how we create our reality and I'm one of mm -hmm. them. And then I also mm -hmm. teach loving what is. And like mm -hmm. letting and letting the higher self, um, the plan for your life unfold as opposed to what the ego perceives it wants. Because, you know, wanting a big house and a view is a bit of an ego journey. It's not really what the higher self wants. But I did see in that moment the power of my creative abilities when I let go of that resistance and just loved what was, what is, mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. it just all acclimated to my desire. So it was a bit of an exercise in See, you can create what you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it, and it's, it's just different forms of creation, different levels of creation. Okay. <laughs> There's lots of ways to create. Um, so loving what is, is also a form of creating. You're coming from your heart. You're being happy with where you are. So then you're not blocking and things that you do desire can come to you. It's when people want something and they struggle or they don't believe it's possible. That's, that's not a, Let's put it this way. I don't know how much time we have left in this, but I like Deepak talks about five different ways to five different levels of consciousness of manifestation. Mm -hmm. And let's say you have, you want some ice cream. You have the desire for ice cream at level one consciousness, which is where most of us abide or abode or we live. Yeah. Uh, you have to like, okay, I want the ice cream. So it's like, okay, you got to go out, interview for a job, get a job, work, get the paycheck, get in your car, get, go cash your paycheck in, then go to the ice cream store, then give them your money, and then you get the ice cream, right? Yeah. It's a lot of activity, a lot of energy, a lot of physical activity to manifest. Level two, you have the desire for ice cream. And when your friend stops by and goes, oh, I was just in your neighborhood, and hey, I was just at the store and I bought some ice cream. Do you want to have some ice cream with me? That's still manifesting ice cream. You loved, you know, you weren't struggling over the ice cream, but it showed up for you anyway. Yeah. Um, that's level two. Level three um, consciousness of how you manifest. If you have the desire for ice cream, you go to the freezer, you open it up, and there's ice cream, and you go, I don't remember buying that ice cream. And yet there's the ice cream right there. That's still a level of ice cream. There was no resistance. You weren't working at it. You weren't working hard. You still manifested it. Even if it looked like, well, that was part of the plan. Somehow it was there anyway, or I just forgot. It's still a different level of manifesting. Level four, and we've all had experiences of one, two, and three, by the way. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure we've all had levels one, two, and three. Yeah, I've had um, a, level uh, three with a book, you know, like, oh, that sounds like an uh -huh. interesting book. And I looked on my bookshelf and I had it, and I'm like, I don't know how that book got there. Like, yeah, I don't see, know. and we do that all the time. Yeah. It's more fun yeah. that way to mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Level four is you have the desire for ice cream and you open your hand and it's there. Now, that's real high level. That's Christ consciousness, okay? Christ <laughs> I haven't manifested that one yet, but, you know, maybe someday. And then level five, 
we've been, we've done level five and we don't want to do level five right now. And level five is you have the desire for ice cream and you realize that you and the ice cream are one. It's like, yeah, yeah but I want to taste the ice cream. I want to have the fun of having ice cream. I so. think level five is more, you don't have <laughs> desire. There's no desire. Yeah. There's no desire. There just is what is, and there's no, there's no wanting. There's no desire. There just, there just is. There's just beingness. Yeah. Um, and you and the ice cream are one. So what's the yeah. sense? You know, we yeah. wanted to have a physical experience so we could taste ice cream or walk on the beach or watch movies or love or eat something or feel something. We wanted to have this experience. So we like level one, two, and three. I'm just having more fun in levels two and three now. <laughs> So what was level four again? I can't remember what. Uh... Level four is having the desire for ice cream and opening up oh, your hand. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of Madame Blavatsky. I remember years ago hearing that she could, she could like manifest, take a dollar bill and turn it into a hundred dollar bill. Uh, yeah, I read that once about Madame Blavatsky. Remember the, the, who she was back in, oh, I don't know, the 1800s who started the Theosophical Society. But as you say, Christ consciousness, you know, turning the loaves and the fishes to feeding all those people. and. Yeah. Um, Water into wine, walking water, on water. Walking on water, all that stuff. Well, it's yeah. somewhere to Pam, it's somewhere to go. But uh, I did hear you say, now what did you say? Uh, said on Lisa Garsha about how you, your biggest why, she asked you your biggest why, why I don't stay in levels two, three, and four all the time and you get stuck back in level one. Have you figured that out yet? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I have. I have. It's because I believe level one is reality. That's how reality works. We've all been hypno hypnotized into level one. So on one level, I, I do what you do. Make peace with it. Enjoy it. Have fun. You're at level one. I like actually driving my car and walk and going to the beach and walking on the beach. <laughs> Being one is traffic jams or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, when I feel stuck in level one, it's because my beliefs have overridden, they're, they're more strongly ensconced in level one, thinking that's the way reality is. That you can't just manifest out of the ethers. I can't just have the desire and someone's going to, you know, fly me to Hawaii, even though that's happened many times before. Um, level one is more convincing at times because we've all been taught that reality, that level two and three are just coincidence it's not reality it only happens once in a while you don't have any say over it so we've just practiced level one more yeah yeah well that's the game we came to play isn't it we came <laughs> to play in level one as long as we don't get sort of too caught up with being our only reality no that's it that's it you, you've got to if you read Seth speaks you know, if you read Seth Speaks, he does say in there, but you know what, you've, you've got these rude assumptions so that you could have this experience here, but at some point you got to wake up, you got to wake yeah. up. And so my whole thing has been about, I have more fun, the more awake I am. It's more fun. It's more exciting. There's more options. It's easier. Level one sometimes gets really bent <laughs> and really hard work. And it's gotten a little bit boring. I like it. And I want to be conscious. That I can do level one, two, three, and four consciously not that i got stuck in it that's my yeah. desire though that's my that's my goal here okay not so, so last question because i know you've probably got to go it's probably your dinner time over there what time is it five six mm -hmm. um uh how does how do you how do you live in a like level two three i don't know if we're all going to get to four and live amongst <laughs> people who are not awake and living level one like have, 
how do people do that? Because I hear a lot from people. It always surprises me because this is not my reality. I'm surrounded by conscious people everywhere I go, like I live in a bubble. But people are mm-hmm. out there in their corporate jobs, you know, wanting to be this but kind of going to work and being amongst people that are all kind of like, oh, you can't have that, you can't do this, this is reality, this is reality. So to those people, how do they live in their okay. awareness? And You remember you remember who Wayne Dyer is, right? Oh, yeah. Wayne Dyer? Wayne. Yeah. yeah. When he said, when he said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So when you actually shift into level two, the way you look at people in, at level two is completely different. Absolutely. I don't struggle with them being unkind. In level one, I do. It's like, oh my gosh, how can people think like that? What is wrong with them? Why are they so rude or why are they so unconscious in level one? When I'm in two and three, I don't perceive people that way. I perceive it as this is all my creation and my manifestation and I'm co-creating with people that are in the same level as me because we're all playing at the same thing. And if we want to make it up that, oh, some people are sort of asleep, but I don't have judgment about people in that one. It's like, oh yeah, this is a game we're playing. This is all fine. So whatever they're doing, whatever they're, so it doesn't affect me. It doesn't, I don't go into judgment. I don't go into struggle against them. I don't even have to, here's the big one. I don't have to prove to them in level two because I'm in level two. I know it's real. And so it's like, they're just kind of extras in my movie. (laughs) And I'm still making the movie up. I'm still making the movie up. So if I see people that are unconscious, I go, ah, that, this is how I see it. I see somebody who's acting like that I don't like, I go, that is a reflection. There's something in me that is manifesting that out in my world so I can see what's still going on inside of me. But if I shift this inside, it changes on the outside. Yeah. Levels two and three, I don't try to change things on the outside. I shift it on the inside and the outside changes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think knowing that we're all these infinite, amazing, unbounded, unlimited (laughs) intelligent extensions of source energy choosing to play in level one and not be awake Mm -hmm. and like let them have that experience and don't that's it judge them for anything that's it yeah i trust their souls know what they're doing and just because they're not making the same choices as me their souls have chosen to either come here and struggle or be sick or or be a different political party or have experiences of like you know, doing something I would never do, you know, like, what do you mean you're climbing, you're, you know, climbing up Mount Everest and putting your life at risk? That's not how I, but their souls are choosing that in this lifetime. Yeah. That's what they wanted to get out of this lifetime. It's very much about allowing yeah, and, and trusting their souls know what they're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. If somebody pushes my button, it's like, all right, where am I still having self-judgment? Yeah. I see my all button. That's it. It's my button that's being pushed. So I have to take responsibility for it. Oh, darling one, it's been a joy. There's so much more we could go into, but we've run out of time. Thank you so much. I hope I have. Am I still frozen on your end? Uh huh. Yeah, you're still frozen, but I still see your face. So I'm just <laughs> pretending you're animated. Yeah, we're all having different adventures here and different ex- different experiences, and that's fine. That's what adds to the all that is. That ad- that's what adds to the consciousness for playing. And I, I really believe that that we're playing and learning and growing and expanding and having fun here and I think it's supposed to be more fun (laughs) so you've done so much Pam I know I said the last question was the last question but where are you like I know you see heaps of clients you've spoken to heaps of corporations you've been on lots of shows uh tv shows like what's 
what's next for you? Kind of feel like you've done it all. Like, is there something more exciting, something else that's like moving you forward? Yeah, you know what's funny, Karen, that you asked that? About two years ago, I heard this voice because I listened to my inner guidance. I heard this guidance say, okay, stop. Stop all of it. Stop it. It's time to go to a new level. So get quiet simplify and i simplified by buying a home in santa barbara can you believe that simplifying but it actually gave me more freedom so it's about being quiet simplifying and actually shifting my consciousness so that i'm freer because i want to have more fun i'm choosing to play more and lighten it all up and not be so serious about way i gotta change the world it's like and once i change everything in my reality is going to change so that's what's, that's what's up for me is simplifying, having more fun, having more freedom, um, joyful life, um, paying more attention to shifting consciousness on the inside. Not always, for me, I'm not, I don't feel a need to go out there and teach other people. I want to demonstrate it. And if people ask me questions, they'll go, this is how I did it. This is what worked for me. If you want to do it, great. But it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an inner journey that I feel like is going to affect my entire outer life. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's at some point you have to stop, you know, working so hard. <laughs> and like, I know yeah. it's not really work, but because, you know, because you love what you do. It was, but it was fun. It was fun. But then yeah. it got to be like, okay, I did that. Okay. I did that. I All did right. that. I wrote wrote it down, ticked it off. But I guess you, um, Oh, I just looked at the clock. Eleven, eleven teaching people um you know how to do your work so they they can do it and you don't have to it's like oh you want an aura reading well you know go to that person i taught her how to do it no um maybe or there there's always going to be other people out there that want to you know that are going to help people and they'll do it either through auras i've taught people how to do and and it's all on my website it's like all the stuff is on the website so people want to learn about the aura colors it's there if they want to learn about parallel universes it's there my books my website all my radio shows are archived it's all there it's like so i don't have to do it again it's like do you want and and people will find their way i really trust people's souls if i'm not there doing it they'll find someone that will do it or they'll listen to their own intuition and do it that somehow we're finding our way are you still doing your radio show I am not doing the live radio show anymore. That was one of the things that I heard stop. I did that for 11 years. Right. I had a lot of guests. I read a book a week. Whoever had on as a guest, I did read psychic readings on it. After 11 years, it, it's, I went, I'm hearing the same stuff. I'm not having as much fun anymore. Yeah. They're already archived. I've already said what I have to say. I'm ready for a new journey. I'm ready for a new experience. I'm ready for a new adventure so it's still on my website all the shows are still there people can still hear it every sunday Mm -hmm. they still air and they're all archived so they can go listen to it but i was ready for a new adventure so i'm not doing that anymore absolutely not at this time i do things like work with you i'm on other people's shows yeah i'm on other people's webcasts that's still fun to do but i don't have to produce my own show anymore That's 11 years. 11's a good number. <laughs> I know. I've been doing it for nine. I know. I've got to say, I still love it. I really do. I just love people. I just mm-hmm. love it. I just yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show, gorgeous one. It's been just such a joy and a pleasure. We'll, we'll get you back down under one day because you were in Sydney last year, weren't you? 
And, uh, Sydney and Adelaide, yes. Well, and thanks for letting us play. Thanks for asking interesting questions. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being open that I got to share and talk and, and you let me talk. I really appreciate that you're helping bring the consciousness out there or new ideas or expanded ideas so that yeah. people don't get stuck in little boxes. They can if they want to, but I really appreciate that you're sharing information so people have other choices. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's awesome. Expansion, 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 which is what you've been doing with your show and your work. You've been, expanding, yeah. which is why when I found you like only recently, a few months ago, I'm like, why haven't I heard about you before? <laughs> I just, uh, anyway. It's in the airwaves. It's in the ethers. It's in the airwaves. It's all still out there. Yeah. My, my, my new dreams now are joy and freedom, joy and freedom. Beautiful. And, and expanded consciousness so that I don't have any boundaries, so that I really have joy and freedom. I like to play with no boundaries. That's your yellow, right? Play, 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 yeah. play. Big time yellow. Big time yellow. <laughs> Yellows want to play. <laughs> oh, it's weird. I've got to stop talking and let you go. But I live in a yellow house, but yellow has not been a color that I ever wear or I am attracted to. But I moved I in seven years ago to a yellow house. Like I live in a yellow house. Ah. The outside of this house is yellow. I know. Funny, right? Thanks again. Well, you're Pat. doing more of your blue and violet. You're doing more of your blue and violet right now. I am totally doing the blue and violet right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank so, you, Karen. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Pam. Big love. You too. Bye-bye. Have fun. Wasn't Pam a lot of fun? <laughs> I felt like that hour or hour and 15 minutes went so quickly. There was so much like energy like that. She's, maybe that's the yellow in her, that sort of quick, fun, bright energy. Did you work out what colour you are? Anyway, you can go to her website and work it all out on the website. It'll be in the, you know, under the YouTube and um, in the uh, description on my page. If you go to karenswain.com slash Pam Osley, you'll see it there. Thanks again for listening and watching another show, Accentuating Positive with Karen Swain. And uh, coming up in the inner sanctum, we had the beautiful Mary Rodwell on the other day, enlightening us to the star children. We did this beautiful process with her uh, going in and meeting our galactic guides. It was just amazing. It was amazing. And then everyone talked about what they saw. It was beautiful. Anyway, she's coming to Sydney in September. So if you're in Sydney and you'd like to do, we're going to do a workshop on the 15th of September here in Sydney, probably in the city, on a Sunday in the city, uh, doing more of that, activating your intuitive senses, getting you connected to your guides, getting you connected to your multidimensional self, getting you more connected to source, channeling, downloading energy, all that sort of stuff, you know, being more guided, finding that guidance from within so that you've got access to your infinite intelligence. <laughs> Whether that intelligence is a non-Earth intelligence, maybe it's you in another reality on another planet or your higher self or your angelic guides intelligence beyond the ego mind's intelligence. It's going to be fun. And coming up in the inner sanctum this month, August, next month, depending on when you're listening to this, is uh, Raphael Tamora. We're going to be talking about animal communication and um, psychic ability as well. So join us, won't you, if you'd like to meet Raphael and learn more about animal communication, how you can communicate. It's really about just a different aspect of your psychic ability because animals, you know, they communicate in pictures and 
<laughs> with emotion and or you know just because they don't have language and words you can communicate you can hear them you can listen to them you can know what they want you can communicate i've been away from my cat for a few weeks but i was still talking to him even though he wasn't there checking in on him making sure he was okay yeah you know i have all these human things like did you miss me he's like no i'm fine just happy you're back <laughs> it's funny anyway so Raphael's gorgeous join us in the inner sanctum and more to come. Oh, who's coming up on the show? I don't know. I can't remember. I have to look at the thing. So great to see you again and, um, spread, you know, spreading some more enlightenment. Uh, big love. Remember to get the book Awakened by Death. You'll love it. And I'll see you soon. Lots of love. Bye for now.